This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neil. I hope you're all doing well. I have been a bundle of anxiety this morning and do you know why? Completely self-inflicted. I decided it was a good idea on my way home from the gym, right? There was this little market happening outside of my gym, like a little mini cute, you know, craft and food market. And I decided I was going to get a little coffee and a cookie for my walk home which I don't regret because they were both delicious, like actually one of the nicest coffees I've had in a while. However, coffee on an empty stomach for me? Oh god, it it really sends me west. First of all, it sends my tummy west. I've been on the toilet since I drank that coffee. (laughs) And second of all, I get so jittery and anxious and my head's just all over the place. I've been avoiding sitting down to do this podcast because I felt so anxious about it, which is so not like me. Like I've literally been, it's four hours since I got back. I was meant to do it straight away when I came back and I've just been like running around my flat like a mad woman, like thinking of a million and one different things to do, overthinking what I'm gonna say, all because of this one coffee. And that is why I really try not to drink coffee on an empty stomach. I think I used to. Like, I think I used to pretty much do that every morning. I must have lived in a constant state of panic. Like, a constant state of fight or flight. I don't know how I did that. Maybe I was just more used to it. And so, because I was used to it, my body didn't react in the same way. I know lots of people that get up and the first thing they consume is coffee. I think I started to see a lot about how it affects, like, your hormones and spikes your cortisol It's like bad for your blood sugar levels, especially if you're female, I think. And also apparently can really affect your skin. And I think I remember saying loads about it. Oh, and I read that book, Why We Sleep. And he talked about coffee first thing in the morning. I I feel like a lot of books I've read have talked about coffee on an empty stomach and first thing in the morning and the negative impacts that it has for like so many different things. So yeah, as a result, I changed that habit and... um, yeah, today made that really evident as to why I changed it. I'm actually such a matcha girl at the minute. The cafe literally right beside my flat, like on the corner of the street of my flat, is, or sorry, has the best matcha. Like probably hands on the best matcha I've actually ever tried. I'm trying to think of anyone I've had that's been better than it, but I'm, I think it's the best. They make it really strong, which I like. I hate when you get one that literally tastes like hot milk. But yeah, because I've started getting into that, I'm not as much into coffee. Like I find myself craving a matcha a lot more, which I think is good because I think isn't the caffeine in the matcha better? It's like the slow release one that's kind of in like green tea and stuff as opposed to the one that's in coffee that kind of like 
spikes the way it does. I don't know. I could be talking shit. That could be one of those facts that is actually a bit of a myth. I think when I first started drinking matcha, I was like, yeah, it's nice, but like, it's never going to replace coffee for me. I feel like I'll drink it, but like on top of my coffees, which I was doing, I was getting like my regular two coffees a day or maybe one, but plus a matcha. Whereas now I'm like, no, I'll have my one or two matchas a day. Sorry, that's actually a big fat lie because I literally said I got a coffee this morning. But anyway, you get me. I feel like I just crave matcha more. So if you're trying to stay away from coffee, highly recommend. And some people think it tastes like grass, which I actually thought the first one or two times I tasted it. But you just need to find somewhere that does it good. Or maybe even try like experimenting with it yourself. Trying it with different milks, different sweeteners, different flavour drops. I don't know. Guess who had their last uni class ever? this week what the fuck last class ever I know it's not it doesn't feel real right now it feels like I'm still just gonna carry on going to class and I feel like it's not even gonna feel real over summer I'm just gonna feel like it's summer holiday and then maybe come like August time when it's like okay actually there's no plans to go back to Leeds this is just it now that's when it's gonna set in and I submitted my last essay this week I was so proud of myself I sat down and did an essay in one day well kind of two days actually so I did like the basis of it in one day and then I did all the kind of like finishing touches shall we say on the second day so you know making sure all the references the references the references were correct adding in some images uh making correct correctments oh my god sorry my brain today making corrections from the feedback that I got from my tutor stuff like that on the second day so got it submitted on the second day I was fucking buzzing and do you know what it gets to this point in the term where you're so done with everything the quicker you can get everything done and out of your sight the better life hack as well for any of my fellow university students pick a few topics right throughout your whole time in university that you're interested in and focus everything you do around those things so that there's lots of crossovers and it means that then when you do say come to do a like that essay that I did there the other day was only 1500 words which is piss compared to you know when you've just written your dissertation and then you sit down and do a 1500 word it feels like nothing in comparison so it meant that when I did sit down to do it I was like I'll just do something that like I've got already loads of research and sources for like I'm not gonna go and literally take word for word something that I've done before and I didn't do that but like I was able to just take my research from other projects and formulate an entire new essay obviously doing a little bit more on top of that because as I said you're not just gonna take you'd end up getting done for self-plagiarism I think if you just like copied one of your previous assessments I mean obviously that tip doesn't work if you're studying something that isn't like a that doesn't take a liberal arts approach to the degree like for my degree it's very much they take a liberal arts approach and you pretty much decide absolutely everything that you want to do from your modules to all of your essays and assignments so then that tip obviously works but like yeah as I said if you don't have that and it's a lot more kind of structured and set questions and set modules I guess that doesn't really apply sorry yeah I actually really enjoyed the topic that I decided to do that recent essay on it was the title was the history of androgynous fashion so I kind of talked about its origins 
different subcultures, movements and significant events that have affected the trend or affected androgynous fashion mainly throughout the 20th century and then kind of brought it to modern day why it's so relevant now with like the current movements going on and gender fluidity and non-binary movements and then literally just like rounded it off with where I think the trend will go in the future do you know what I am fucking blessed to be able to say that I did an essay on that you people out there studying law and shit like that don't know how you do it I can just sit sit down and write a little fashion essay on something I'm genuinely interested in. It baffles me. Like, I'm so happy I picked the course that I did. It's so up my street. I genuinely don't think I'd be graduating if I had picked anything else. (laughs) The fact I've made it this far, it says a lot. So I've got a week and a half left and I've got one project to complete in that time. It's my big, like, final major project. So it's like your big creative one. I've done all the shoots for it. I have deleted all the, done all the long bits, basically gone through all the photos, taken away ones I don't need and stuff. Now I just need to sit down and get it all edited, put it all into, I'm making like a digital zine. Do my critical journal. Maybe do a little behind the scenes video. I've got some video footage. I could make one of them together. We'll see how I am time-wise. And then that's me finished. And you know what? This part it's not hard work like it's long it's gonna take it's gonna be days on days of just like editing like it's quite monotonous but I like I enjoy doing that kind of stuff and it's not hard work like it's long work but it's not hard work like you can sit down in a cafe listening to music or podcasts while you're doing it you don't need to be it's not like when you're writing an essay and you need complete silence and to really like get in the zone you could literally be watching tv while you're doing it do you know what I mean So that's where we're at in two episodes time. Your girl will be done with education. Exciting, but also scary, but we'll not get into that. (laughs) I actually spent about half a week there in London looking after my sister after she got surgery, which pretty much just involved cooking for the majority of the time, like, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner and snacks. I think I found my new calling in life, guys. I think I am destined to be someone's personal chef like maybe I should start looking for jobs for like I I don't know imagine working for like a rich family in a really nice house just cooking their meals for them bonus points yeah actually I was gonna say bonus points if they're all vegan but realistically they're not gonna hire me if I'm if they're not vegan because I don't know how to cook meat so that would be an issue but yeah I could be someone's vegan personal vegan chef I think I would love that I also think I'd love to be someone's PA actually. I think I just like organisational things. I like feeling like I'm organised and on top of everything and I don't know I think that would be a good job for me being someone's PA but not like someone boring's PA like not like an office PA someone who's like famous PA. (laughs) I don't know how you get into that shit though. Speaking of cooking though because when I was there I was like mostly in the house and as I said I was just putting a bit of effort into cooking like she has a very nice spacious kitchen that obviously I didn't have to share with anyone else and because I had all that time where I wasn't going out I was like I'll just you know cook away till my little heart's content and maybe film some of it so like I took some clips from YouTube and I actually love doing that I want to start doing more cooking stuff on YouTube so hopefully come end of uni I'll start doing more cooking content on there 
because I do the odd bit on TikTok. Not the odd, I do, yeah, I do cooking stuff on TikTok, but I feel like a nice long cooking video is quite satisfying to watch. Like, I watch a lot of cooking content on YouTube. Okay, pit and peak of this week. My peak is 100% handy in that essay. Like, the fact that now it's not any essay-based things I have to hand in. It's just creative stuff. Oh my god, the relief. And I'm just happy that I can chill this weekend and then, like, you know, Monday morning, I'll get back into it. Pit of the week? Hmm. Well, today's the king's coronation. (laughs) Maybe that's my pit. Oh god. I feel like you guys know when when my thoughts on the royal family. <laughs> yeah, not the biggest fan over here, I'll be honest. I've talked about this before. I'm buzzing for all of you for getting the extra bank holiday. I absolutely love that for you. But yeah, not a big King Charles stan, I have to say. The fact as well, I just, I don't know how they're getting away with it. I really don't. But the fact that he is a billionaire, just inherited a hundred million tax-free from the Queen dying and yet is still taking 250 million pounds of taxpayers money to pay for this coronation is baffling to me. I really just don't understand how he's getting away with it. Well I say I don't understand I mean I do because they're above the law essentially. We've seen that over and over again. The Guardian are doing or have done I can't remember if they've completed it or not they're doing like a series it's really interesting like an article series on the royal family it's called the cost of the crown and they're trying to like dive into and like research all the nitty gritties and like what they hide from us how much money they take all this and like all the obstacles they occur and how many documents get sealed that actually shouldn't be sealed and should be open for stuff like this but um it's an interesting read yeah i just think the whole thing's extremely distasteful especially in the current climate and I think the UK is really we're we're gonna end up like America at this rate like the inequality of wealth currently is so fucked up I read something the other day now I don't know how factually correct this is and I can't remember the number exactly so it's probably not factually correct but we'll say it's pretty much something similar I think it was basically saying if you have never like had to struggle to put food on the table or to have a roof over your head like if that's not ever something you've had to worry about then you're in the top five it was either five or ten percent which is absolutely crazy okay moving on my recommendation of this week i'm sure you've seen them plastered all over my instagram because i haven't taken them off i got a pair of jimmy fairly glasses now i don't wear glasses like i don't need glasses i have good vision And I'm sorry if you are someone who has bad vision and does not see glasses as an accessory. Ultimately, they are an accessory because if they weren't, like I know they're a practical accessory, obviously for people that need them for their eyes, but like if they weren't an accessory, you wouldn't be able to get them in all these different funky shapes and colours, you know, everyone would just wear the same rectangular black glasses. Because I did actually get a message from someone being like, how dare you call glasses a fashion accessory? Like, you're so blessed to have good vision. And I was like, no, 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 I know I'm very, very blessed to have good vision and I know I don't need glasses, but I don't think that means you can't wear them as a fashion accessory. What's wrong with a little clear lens, funky frame to spruce up an outfit? Anyway, yeah, I got these really funky ones from Jimmy Fairley. They're like kind of clear perspex, but with a tint of blue and they're kind of like big and round, like kind of, or like ovally like big bubbles. (laughs) 
I don't know. I just think they're really cool. I wear them all the time. I think they make, you know, if you're just wearing something boring and you're like, oh, I feel a bit basic, just throw on that and your silver jewellery and you're good to go. Okay, my words for this week are some things have to end for better things to begin. Trust the process. I need to get back my poetry reading grind so I can start reading you guys poems again. That was wholesome as fuck. But I have really been slacking actually with my reading recently. And that's just like with my normal book reading, let alone poetry. I just think there's been a lot going on recently. I find it too hard to spread myself across absolutely everything. Although my screen time on my phone has been abnormally high recently. And I know it's because I've gotten into the habit of going on my phone at night when I'm going to sleep and in the morning when I wake up. I need to crack that. Like I need to make that my reading time again. I think when you're doing lots of uni work or like any kind of work where you're reading stuff on a screen all day, you kind of just want to mong out a bit (laughs) after like the thought of then reading a book oh I don't know because then you're you're looking at a screen when you're on your phone anyway like I know reading would be so much better for me I oh I need to get back into it also because my fucking book club I haven't even started the book for the book club so I haven't given any updates on my Instagram story so I'm sorry if you're in my book club we are still it's still happening we're reading I can't even remember the name of it now what are we reading again Oh yeah, it's called My Year of Rest and Relaxation. We are still reading it. I haven't started it yet. I apologise for there not being any updates. I will finish it though by the time we have the next book club session. Although it actually will be a little bit later than I originally intended it on being. I thought it would be like mid-May because I thought I'd be home from uni then, but I don't actually think I'll be back from England until closer to the end of May. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Okay, let's get into this week's podcast topic. I'm going to talk a little bit about friendships and kind of how they differ for from relationships, as in like romantic relationships. Also, what kind of standards we hold for our friends, what we expect of someone in a friendship. Also, what we kind of pride ourselves in or like what I pride myself in when it comes to like being a friend for someone else or what standards I hold myself to. And also just kind of communication and stuff within friendships as well. Sorry, that felt like such an essay introduction. I feel like I'm in the essay headspace at the minute. (laughs) You know, when you're taught, right, you got to tell them everything you're going to tell them, then you tell them, and then you tell them what you told them for the conclusion. (laughs) I actually put a couple of question boxes and polls up in my story as well. Do you know what? I got into such a good habit for a while of when I was planning my podcast for the week, I would always do the little question boxes and polls to get a little bit of interaction from you guys and some you know different opinions and I I think it's always good to like hear from you and get a bit of input from you guys so that 
it's not all just coming from like my perspective. Sometimes I'll get answers where I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. But yeah, for whatever reason, I kind of forgot to do that. I think I did a few episodes in a row that didn't really like require that type of thing. Um, And then I just forgot that I ever did that. (laughs) And I was standing in the kitchen today making my breakfast and I thought, oh, it'd be really nice to have a little bit of input from my listeners today. So I will also be reading out the responses for some of them. Let's start off talking about like what kind of standards we hold for our friends. Now, I wouldn't say I have high standards or expectations of my friends, to be honest. Not that the bar is low or anything like that. Like, obviously, I have to gel well with someone. The biggest thing for me, hands down, is like trust and loyalty. I think the second you feel like that is lost in a friendship, it's really hard to feel comfortable within the friendship. Because all of a sudden, when you feel that, that someone doesn't have your back or that you're scared of them going to tell someone something, straight away you shut off from them. Straight away you don't want to tell them half the things you would have sat down normally and talked to them about. Or you just don't have trust in them to, you know, defend you or back you in certain situations, whether it's not in your company or in your company. For me, trust and loyalty are definitely like the two foundational blocks of a friendship. Obviously you have to get on well, but you're not going to be in a friendship if you don't get on well. So, you know, this is like the foundations of it. From there, I honestly don't really have, I don't have much other that I require of a friendship. I'm not very demanding in terms of, I need all your time. I need all your energy. I need you to always think of me and buy me this or ring me every week and check in on me. I don't really have that. And I think maybe that comes down to Look, every friendship group is different and every, even every friendship then within that group is different. There'll be lots of groups that will go from school, from all being a friendship group, will go from school to maybe all staying at home together and it won't really change. Or maybe there'll be people that will leave school and they'll all kind of go to somewhere else. Maybe they all move to London together or like the majority of them move to London or somewhere else together. And therefore, again, it doesn't hugely change. But that for me hasn't happened. Like my friendship group, everyone has gone to pretty much completely different places. I don't think there's more than like two people in one place, which is good because you've got lots of different cities you can go visit people in. But what it also means is that there's obviously going to be a bit of like people grow apart from each other. All of a sudden when you're not in people's everyday lives, you're not going to school together every day, you don't have that thing that's bonding you together as a group, then you are going to go off and grow and make new friends and probably distance from each other. There'll be certain ones you'll definitely like always be really close with and there'll be ones you maybe don't speak to as much, but that doesn't mean you don't still hold a lot of love for them and enjoy the time that you do see them maybe like at Christmas or whenever it is but yeah as a result of this everyone kind of moves on has their own lives has you know their own boyfriends and their own friendship groups wherever they're living their own jobs everything's very different when you are an adult and you have like a job and a life compared to when your only responsibility was to go to school every day and be with your mates like the difference is obviously huge 
and you can't expect to have the same amount of effort from everyone in the same way that you got from them in school. It's just not possible. People don't have the time and capacity to give you that. It does usually result in your friendship group getting smaller, which I don't think is a bad thing at all. I think your friendship group getting smaller is like a good sign that you are finding more who is your kind of person. And you kind of realise like who was just in your life because you did to see them on a daily basis and who is now in your life because you are true friends and care about each other and ultimately want to stay friends for the foreseeable. I think we can get caught up on friendships sometimes where we kind of think that you need everything from someone in the same way that you kind of want that from a romantic partner. But I think it's so fine to have friendships for different things and to just like accept them for what they are. I probably wouldn't have had this perspective of it a few years ago and maybe would have been more likely to have got annoyed when someone didn't do this or someone I don't yeah I don't know I just don't think I maybe would have thought in this way but I think it's so fine to have your friends that you just go for coffee with once a month it's so fine to have your friends that you just go out drinking with and actually you don't really have a huge amount in common but like you still have a fun time when you're out with them doesn't mean you're gonna be meeting up sober and like telling them your life story and depending on them when you're feeling down or anything like that but you can see it for what it is and see it for the fun times that you do have with them. Again with maybe friends you've like distanced from from when you were in school you can accept that for what it is and accept that you have gone your own way, you have your own lives. There's no like ill intent or maliciousness coming from either side it's just like what happens and the more you can accept that and then still enjoy the time that you do get to see them together without being angry that there hasn't been any effort on their part or that they haven't reached out to you when they knew something was going on like if you can move past that and just enjoy the time that you do get to see them I think it makes your life a lot easier and a lot more peaceful and you won't hold all of this like unnecessary tension towards people that is pretty unwarranted because you know first of all it takes two to tango and second of all where is it going to get you would you not rather have the time that you do have with them than cut it off completely and this kind of brings me in to the whole argument of right there was this trend for ages where it was basically like cut off anyone that does not serve you I remember seeing countless TikToks about it, people being like, cut them off, cut them off. That was just like a huge, big catchphrase, wasn't it? And look, of course, there's a time and place for cutting people off. If people are massively draining, they're massively negatively impacting your life and making you feel like shit and really just not, like that friendship is not benefiting you in any aspect of your life. It's just bringing misery Yes, you're within your rights to cut off a friendship. I mean, you're within your rights whenever you want to cut off a friendship, obviously. But I think that mindset of like, cut off if anything doesn't better you, like, what's that going to achieve? If I had done that, I would genuinely have no friends. And I remember when it was a big trend, I remember lying in bed at night and thinking, should I cut off this person? Should I cut off this person? It's like kind of going through all the people in my life imagine imagine I cut off everyone in my life 
you need relationships, you need friendships, you need human connection. You can't just get by with none of that. I mean, you can try, but like, I don't think it would be the funnest of lives to live. And that's where it comes into play with, you know, accepting friendships for what they are and for what they bring to your life, as opposed to focusing on maybe what they don't bring to your life or focusing on traits that they have that you aren't so keen on. Speaking of friends having traits that you're not so keen on, I feel like that's a very good way to lead us into this whole fatal flaw theory. If you haven't heard of the fatal flaw theory, it is basically this theory that everyone ever (laughs) in your life has a fatal flaw and you as a person, you have a fatal flaw as well. But basically with all relationships in your life, you have to decide, you have to look at someone's fatal flaw and decide, am I willing to not necessarily look past this fatal flaw, but am I willing to maintain this friendship or relationship knowing that they have this fatal flaw that will probably never change? For a lot of people that are in your life, the answer is yes, you are willing to look past that and to accept this fatal flaw of theirs. But for some people, the fatal flaw it just does not, it will not mesh well with your life or your personality or uh, it just, it won't make you feel good. Whatever the reason is, you cannot look past that. And as a result, you cannot continue or become friends with this person that continue to be or become friends with this person. I completely agree with this theory. What I find really interesting is knowing what your own fatal flaw is. Like I would consider myself kind of self-aware, but also like, what is my fatal flaw? I don't know, I want someone to tell me. Like, obviously I can think of, like, little things, but what's my big thing? Oh, I don't know. I need to ask one of my friends. I'll give you a really good example of this, okay? So, I have a friend. Now, she is one of my bestest friends. I love her to bits. She won't mind me saying this as well because she knows this. (laughs) She's been one of my best friends for a lot of my life. I trust her with my whole life. Like I could tell that girl anything and I could trust her with it no matter what it is. I can also rely on her for like emotional support or advice whenever I need it. Like I know she has my back. I know she has my best intention at heart. And I know she'll always give me like hard truths as well when I need to hear them. We have so much fun together when we do spend time together, but we don't live in the same place, okay? And we haven't lived in the same place for quite a lot of time. But I would say I'm quite good at making an effort with going to see her when I can. However, she is the most unorganised person I have ever met in my life. And I don't just mean with making plans with me. I mean this girl is like... I've never seen anything like it. She is like a walking car crash. (laughs) I don't know how she gets by. The woman has never kept a diary or like any form of calendar ever in her life not even on her phone to the point that like even if I'm gonna be in the city that she lives in and I've told her then it comes to it and I'm like oh yeah I'm here like what about tomorrow night she's like oh I didn't know you were coming this weekend I'm like I've been telling you for three months like her brain's like a sieve she (laughs) she's the most unorganized person ever you cannot rely on her when it comes to stuff like that like if you wanted her to remember you'd have to be like texting her reminding her constantly which obviously I'm not gonna do like I'm gonna forget to do that And I also just don't think that's my job anyway. So this 100% like hands down is her fatal flaw. And for a while, it probably did 
bug me a little bit but I very much accepted it now and I'm just like do you know what I love her for who she is this is part of her personality she's got so many other amazing traits I know I can like rely on her for so many other things and she's like the best person to go to in a lot of situations so I'm very much willing to accept that this is just this is her bit of law and this is what I'm gonna have to put up with in this friendship and that's fine like that is completely fine by me and yes it is annoying that so you know sometimes I'm like why is it always me having to make the effort to go there and like she's never come up to me I could frame it like that but also I just know she probably has the intention of coming up to see me but isn't organized enough to be able to like be on top of everything to then book trains and do you know what I mean? Like when you actually deep it, it's like, do you know what? It's not a personal thing to me. This is just who she is as a person and I love her. So that's fine. Maybe for someone else that would be too much of a thing for them to look past and they wouldn't be able to accept that as their fatal flaw and wouldn't be able to have that friendship. Or maybe, for example, if this person I'm talking about was not so much there for me in terms of like emotionally and everything else then it like wouldn't outweigh that do you know what I mean like you have to outweigh the things someone brings to your life versus their fatal flaw and how much their fatal flaw impacts you a lot of people have a fatal flaw that you can see that it's there but like it doesn't actually really affect your friendship I'm trying to think of an example of a time when I haven't been able to look past or accept someone's fatal flaw but it's not really coming to mind right now which is maybe a good thing (laughs) i'm gonna read out some of your answers from one of my question boxes so first one was what standards do you hold for your friends slash what do you expect of them to put in the effort with me not for it to be a one-sided friendship loyalty and also able to tell me when i'm wrong slash being crazy supportive and non-competitive friendships and respect you as a person A healthy balance from give and take from both sides. Call me out on my shit. Honesty always and sometimes brutality. Yeah, getting a lot of like honesty, truth, loyalty, healthy balance of effort uh, on both sides. Supportive. Reliability. Making plans and following through unless they cancel with enough time. Someone said, this is a hard question because I feel like I'm quite a high maintenance friend. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a high maintenance friend especially if it's kind of you know if it works both ways and you are that person for someone else I think I don't think there's anything wrong to expect that back boundaries to be respected I have no standards for them but maybe I should I love them so much I excuse bad behavior (laughs) the most important thing is to be able to defend you when you're not around yeah I actually really agree with this like the thought of someone bitching about you or not speaking up for you if someone else was talking badly of you when you're not there it's a really horrible feeling to be happy for my successes not to be political but also definitely to be political hardcore Tories are out (laughs) be kind you can joke around but just know they respect you and like you I think it's really important to have no judgment at all in friendships then you feel the most comfortable. Honest advice rather than telling me what they think I want to hear. Someone else said communication literally solves everything. We're going to talk about communication actually in a minute. That is one of the kind of subtopics I want to talk about because I feel like communication is just a bit of a grey area in friendships. For them to do to me as I do for them. 
basic empathy slash kindness. I know the bar is in hell, but some people can't even reach that. Oh, this is actually a really good one. I haven't mentioned this yet. The ability to apologize. All make We all make mistakes, but owning up to them is what matters. Yeah, I agree with this. I feel like in friendships, in like romantic relationships, you're really willing, both sides are usually quite willing to apologize when they know they're in the wrong. But with friendships, I feel like a lot of things are kind of just like either not spoken about or just maybe like swept under the carpet a little bit more and then never really addressed or apologized for. Okay, my next question was, what do you personally pride yourself in within friendships and what things do you do to, or what things do you make sure to do slash to be as a friend? Let me see. Someone said, mummy, daddy, friend, help them with booking their appointments, building their Ikea furniture, etc. I actually like doing this as well. I like being like the mother of, uh, of the group. Maybe not building their IKEA furniture. I don't think I really have that in me. <laughs> um, someone said reliability and honesty and kindness. I'm loyal and good at giving advice. Always there for them. Genuinely care for their well-being slash want the best for them. I check up on them and ask personal questions and I notice the little things. Oh, this one's a really important one for me. Be present when we're together and engaged in their life and stories. I feel like I'm really bad when it comes to keeping in contact and like communication with people by phones. I just, yeah, I just don't do it. So um, I don't think any of my friends are particularly good at it, to be honest. So it works for us all that none of us are good at it. But it just means that when we do spend time together, I feel like everyone is very present, which I really like. You know, it would kind of suck if you hadn't seen someone in what, four months or something maybe even longer than that and then you go and spend some time with them and the whole time they're barely even present or like they're on their phone the whole time they'd be a bit shit someone said i'm always the one who's there i remember the birthdays the bad days the occasions celebrate their wins with them slash want the best for them don't criticize choices even if you don't agree you want them to be able to talk to you if things go wrong there's such a fine line i think when it comes to this when it comes to like criticizing choices of people because on one hand you want to be kind of brutally honest but then on the other hand you don't want it to be taken in a way where then if they go against that then they can't turn to you to talk about certain things do you know what I mean it's actually really cute reading through all these responses I want you all to be my friends what the fuck (laughs) why are you all so kind Okay, the last question I asked, I've got a couple of polls that I'm going to cover when we talk about communication, but the last question box I have was, are there any non-negotiables you need from someone in order to be friends with them? Or like any, I don't know if I worded that very well, but you get what I mean, don't you? Any non-negotiables you need from a friend, basically. Someone said they must be funny as fuck. (laughs) Someone said they can't stand speaking badly of others slash being ingenuine. Yeah, I think other people speaking badly of others in front of you can often be a really bad sign that they would do the same of you when in other people's company do you know what I mean I just yeah I feel like when people resort to that kind of conversation they're probably resorting to that kind of conversation with everyone someone said they have to be self-aware and not boastful or cocky I feel like so many people in this world aren't self-aware though that's it mm. Or maybe I'm just talking about boys, actually. I feel like no boys are self-aware. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone will prove me wrong someday. <laughs> okay. Someone said 
They must be liberal or have left-leaning politics. They must have similar principles, morals or views. I won't not be nice to someone because of their views, but if we're drastically different, sorry, we probably won't be great friends, just acquaintances. I can understand this. Similar political views is actually coming up quite a lot. Also, what's coming up a lot, obviously, is they can't be racist or homophobic. And quite a lot of people actually saying that big no's and non-negotiables for them are taking drugs. Okay, let's talk about communication within friendships, because this is something I think I really struggle with, like, knowing where the line is. I'm a very communicative person when I'm in a romantic relationship. Not, like, the most communicative person ever. I wouldn't say I'm amazing at it, but I would say I'm relatively good at it. Especially if it's paired with someone else who's good at it, because then, obviously, it makes it things easier. However, when it comes to friendships, I think I'm actually really terrible at communicating when something has upset me or even if just someone's like overstepping a boundary I don't know I just I feel like my mindset with this a lot of the time I will think about communicating it and I'll think about how I'm gonna say it and how I'm gonna communicate it in a way that doesn't make it a big deal and doesn't affect our friendship and blah 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 but then it comes to it and I stew on it for a little while I'll wake up the next morning and I think it's just not worth it I can't be bothered with this being a thing. It's not like when you're in a romantic relationship and you have to communicate that thing because if you don't want it to happen again or you don't want it, like you know you're going to see them the next day or like two days later, you know that if you don't communicate it, then it's going to play on your mind and you're going to be angry at them and you're going to hold resentment towards them and all these things could happen and it could end up, you know, making a mountain out of a molehill when you could have just communicated it in the first place. But for me, with friendships, it doesn't really go like that for me like I sit and stew on it I decide it's not worth it by the time I next see them it's not a big deal and I've forgotten about it is that the best way to go about things I don't really know I think a lot of the times yes I think when it genuinely is something that didn't doesn't matter and the conversation isn't gonna change things or how do I describe this If the conversation feels like it might get you somewhere but in the process of that it's going to maybe more negatively affect your friendship or other things then I then I think that this is maybe a fine way to go about it. However if you think this conversation or confrontation is going to achieve what you want it to achieve and maybe this is something that's happening to you on a daily or weekly basis that's really annoying you that you need to communicate in order for this to change then yes a hundred percent I think you should communicate that. I don't know that I've ever been in that situation though because I feel like anything that's happened for me in friendships where I've had this like thing in my head where I don't know whether to say something or not has more been like one-off things as opposed to a repeated behavior that is annoying me. But to be completely honest with you, there definitely have been times where it's been more of a repeated thing and I still haven't communicated it. And as a result, it's ended up in me distancing myself from the friendship instead of speaking about it. Which, look, I don't think it's the best thing ever. But also, if you were wanting distance from the friendship because of that thing, it's also not the worst thing ever. I don't know. Communication in friendships is one of those things where you have to decide what you think is worth confronting and talking about 
and what's gonna improve the friendship and then what's just not worth it and what can be left but then maybe there are times where you want it to be left but then you do want to distance yourself that's all right if you want to do that I don't think you need to communicate to someone when you want distance in the friendship I feel like that kind of just happens the times when I think you definitely should communicate that you need a bit of distance are times when you need distance from the friendship because it's being a little bit draining on you but you would still want to be friends with them and get back to where you were but you just can't maybe deal with what's happening within the friendship at the current moment. You know for example if someone maybe always constantly is coming to you with thing after thing and problem after problem and is maybe as a result of that is kind of like draining you a little bit and you always feel like you're the one that's there for them and it's not never really reciprocated and then like you might decide look I don't have this in me anymore I have so much on my plate I cannot cope with this constant um like needing to bring you up it's too much when I've got like all of this going on I think in a time like that it's really good to communicate that and to say this is what's going on this is why I can't be there for you in the way that I would probably want to be and have been but I still love you to bits I still want the absolute best for you and I really hope that we can still be best friends in the future I just don't have this in me right now I feel like something like that it's like really good to communicate in that way but I think if you're wanting to distance yourself from the friendship for good, do I think you need to be like, look, I'm going to distance myself from you because I don't really like this friendship? No, I don't think that's really that necessary. Something happened recently with a friend of mine where they said something and the way they said it and the way it played out just like really threw me off guard and kind of left me just being a bit like, what the fuck just happened? I don't know I feel like there was a hundred other ways that could have been communicated or dealt with and I've been thinking about mentioning it since but first of all I know this person is like one of my best friends and has my best intentions at heart and didn't mean it maybe to come off in the way that she did and I also know that it is kind of a one-off because this person usually is quite good with communicating with me so yeah I know it's like not something I need to really worry about so I've been you know stewing over whether I should say to her or not like that it just threw me off guard and I think she should have communicated it differently. I've come to the conclusion that I probably will say something but I'm probably just gonna wait till the next time I see her and just say it in passing as opposed to making a big deal about it and like ringing her and being like can we speak type of thing. I just feel like when you do it like that it's a bit it just makes it a big thing and then like when you next see each other is it awkward and stuff no it wouldn't even be awkward between us it would never be but yeah I don't know I think you can say these things without it being this whole like look we need to talk in order for us to be friends you can't be doing this like it doesn't need to be like that you can just be like oh here by the way when you did this like it made me feel a bit shit (laughs) uh it's no biggie though like we're still mates obviously there's no there's no bad blood whatsoever I just thought I'd let you know so like you know not to deal with like like that in future I think maybe a good way of figuring out whether it's right to say these things or not is to try and put yourself in the other person's shoes right flip the whole situation imagine you are the person that did the thing 
would you rather this person say to you or not? And if they were to say to you, how would you prefer it be communicated to you? Would you like it to be a big thing? Would you like it to just be said in passing? Would you like it to just be in a text? Like, how would you like that to be delivered to you? I think I spoke briefly on another episode before about how weird it is like the ups and downs of friendships it's very different to that of a romantic relationship because when you have peaks and troughs in a romantic relationship your troughs you work through together and then you come out of them and then you have your peak together and you get to enjoy that time together being better being stronger and then you know you might have another trough but then you go through everything together and you're like there for each other to lean on whereas it does not work like that whatsoever in friendships. In friendships, it's like one person's having a bad time and then the other person's having a bad time, but then it goes back to the other person and then maybe it's them for like three times in a row and you have to be there for them. But then, you know, you'll reap the reward. Not that you do everything to reap the rewards of it. I'm not saying that, but like then they'll be there for you in other scenarios. But sometimes it's hard to see that when you or like, you know, you're in a good space and someone else feels like they're bringing you down. So in that way, you don't really like see the benefits together at the same time, like within the relationship. It's more a back and forth kind of bit of a tug of war game going on. Okay, let's read out these answers for the polls. So the first one was, do you do you find it more difficult to communicate with and confront friends compared to doing the same with your partner? 80% of people said yes and 20% said no. So I'm not alone in that one, thank God. <laughs> Let's see, the next one was, do you find yourself distancing yourself from friendships when something has happened instead of talking about things because you don't think it's worth it slash there's no point causing a fuss? And again, 84% of people said yes, 16% said no, I just talk about it. So I guess we're all kind of doing the same thing. Is it me? Am I the problem? (laughs) Are we all being toxic? No, I actually don't think we are. I don't think that's actually the biggest deal in the world, you know. But I do think I maybe need to work on my communication within friendships, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I probably, I could do with a little bit of work, I reckon, in that front. And so good all of you, apparently. (laughs) Okay, I think we'll leave it there for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. If you did, don't forget to give me a little five-star review on Spotify. Make sure you are subscribed. Share the episode with your friends, with your family, on your Instagram stories. Spread the hair for the crack word. As always, thank you all so much for your continued love and support. It means the absolute world to me. I will speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.